0: Leadership File, on Premier.
1: Welcome to the Leadership File, I'm Andy Peck. Conversations to change the way you lead. Many churches include some mention of mission in their mission statements, and some even specify overseas or world mission. But the changing face of world mission has led church leaders to rethink their strategy when it comes to mission. Do they follow the classic role of sending out members in collaboration with a mission agency? Well, to help us in our thinking, I welcome back Eddie Arthur, the former executive director of Whitcliffe uh, UK, who now works with uh, Global Connections. So, uh, Eddie, welcome back to the Leadership File.
0: Thank you, Andy. It's good to be back. Good
1: to, good to have you back. Thank you for, for um, giving us your time again and your expertise in this in this field. Uh, in a previous programme, uh, we looked a little at the the changing face of World Mission uh, and hinted at the impacts on mission agencies. Perhaps you can start by just rehearsing a little of uh, of what we said there and, and some of the changes that have taken place, particularly in the last 20, 30
0: years. Well, I think the biggest change and the most important change that we have to think about in terms of World Mission is the fact that in the last, not just 20 years, but the last 100 years, but we're really seeing it now, the, cha- the shape of the world church has changed. The majority of Christians no longer live in Europe or North America, but the majority of Christians live in Latin America, Asia, and in particular Africa. Countries like Uganda, which at the beginning of the last century had no Christians, are now majority Christian. And so that means that we need to think about mission in a very different way. Um, you know, the, the part of the jargon is we used to think, think about mission as being from the west to the rest whereas now we need to think about the whole church reaching the whole world
1: and you, I think you talked about uh, the kind of average Christian in the world today would be a, um, a certain aged woman in somewhere in Africa
0: yeah, I mean <clears throat> if, you, if you look at the figures the average Christian is, would be a young Nigerian woman mm. um, and would be poor. You know, we think about Christianity as being a religion for elderly, middle-class people in the south of England, um, whereas actually worldwide, Christianity is a religion of the poor. The majority of people, Christians are young, and as with actually all religions, the majority of Christians are also uh, female.
1: Well, um, just uh, if you're listening, you can listen to uh, the interview I did with Eddie um, on iTunes. Um, for some for about a month or so, our programs go onto the website, and then after that they go to, to iTunes. So you can subscribe via iTunes to, to the um, to the show if you'd like to do that. I do encourage you to do that. So perhaps you could outline a little bit, Eddie, on uh, how the church leader should ideally lead their church when it comes to World Mission, particularly perhaps in, in the context that you've just given us, that actually World Mission has changed.
0: Well, I, I think the first thing is uh, church leaders themselves need, do need to be informed. Um, mission is one of those areas which leaders will often um, subcontract to a committee. You know, I have a, a committee of keen people who are involved in leading church leading church mission, uh, leading church mission you know, the, the mission committee or whatever. But I do think church mission leaders need to take some time. You know, obviously they can't do everything, and. Realise that your average pastor, your average vicar, has worked off their worked off their feet, but they do need to find somewhere. Just being aware of what's going on in the world, of um, keeping up with the the world Christian news, as it were, and um, sharing that with the with their congregation. And I think a big part of it is to bring mission into the regular teaching programme of the church. Again, you know, we'll often do a missionary Sunday or a, a tear fund Sunday or a what-have-you Sunday. But I think if you look at the you know, the way that God reaching out into the world is a part of the whole story of Scripture, it should also be a part of our whole teaching program that um, mission reaching out to people in faith and in, in, in word and in deed should be a part of every every Sunday sermon in one way or another.
1: And, and certainly, of course, the, the Bible, and particularly, obviously, the New Testament, has has that missional feel to it. Anyway, the doc, you know, the New Testament documents, the letters were were written in a, a missional context.
0: Absolutely, you know, Paul was writing to people who were first generation Christians who were struggling with what it means to be Christians in a um, increasingly pagan in a pagan world, and actually, that's the context that we're living in too. And I think you know we can start looking afresh at the New Testament as we face some of the challenges that we face as Britain becomes a secular, multi it's a secular, more secular, but it's multi-religious at the same time. Mm. And that throws up the sort of challenges that Paul's followers were facing, mm. Paul's readers were facing, mm. and um, gives us sort of food for thought as we reread the New Testament in that light.
1: Uh, you've no doubt heard, uh, Eddie, that the, the kind of maxim we are all missionaries. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering if if you regard that as as true, uh, and is it actually helpful in the mobilising the church to engage in world
0: mission? It's it's one of those statements that is true, and it isn't. Um, you know, can I be a politician and say yes? <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we are all missionaries. You know, um, the term missionary, it's a, um, I, you know, from a Latin root, from the root to send, and to send. And Jesus said, you know, to his disciples, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And we are all sent out into the world. Um, you know, we sent to our neighbors. We're sent, uh, again, uh, in Acts, Jesus said, you know, Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You know, we're sent to our neighbors, we're sent to our cities, we're sent to our nation, we're sent to the world. And all of us have a duty, you know, wherever we find ourselves, to bear witness to Christ, both in our actions and our words. So in that sense, we are missionaries. Equally, um, I think it is important to some extent to um distinguish those for whom mission, especially mission outside of the UK, into cross-cultural situations, is a special calling. And I think it's, you know, yes, we are all missionaries, but some missionaries are more equal than others, to misquote George Orwell. You know, there is a, a special calling for people to go to hard places, to go to difficult places that not all of us do go to. So... Yes, we're
1: all missionaries. No, we're not all missionaries. And and so we does that clear it up? No, I think that's 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 very helpful. And and um, I suppose my my kind of subsequent question will be that with respect to um, you know folk who uh, see the world as you have you know as a, as a the, the, the South is actually parts of the the South of the world are strong in their faith and they may be forgiven to for thinking well there's a big need in Britain therefore we no longer as a s as a, a church in the UK need to send people in the, in the numbers that we we used to. And and yes. your comment to that?
0: Well that that's a temptation. It's I think it's an understandable temptation. But actually I think what we need is that we need to learn that the church needs to be interdependent. You know, our attitude to mission historically has been that we send missionaries to other parts of the world that they need us. Um, and I think that's true. I think the rest of the world needs us. There are things that we as Brits bring, but equally we need Christians in other parts of the world. So rather than saying we shouldn't be sending missionaries overseas, I say, yes, we should be, but equally we should be receiving, and we should be contributing our strengths um, across the board. You know, we're all familiar with Paul's image of the church as a body, um, you know, somebody's the big toe and somebody's the ear, and we all have a role to play. But that is equally true internationally. Mm. And, you know, we have things to learn from our brothers and sisters in Africa who faced persecution, who face faced hunger. Uh, we've got things to learn from folks in Asia who've lived in multi-religious contexts for far longer than we have. Um, and equally, you know, our long history of... Um, of good christian teaching gives us something that we have to contribute to the rest of the world as well Mm -hmm. so i think there is an interdependence that we have to understand and we have to be prepared to contribute but we also have to be prepared to learn and i think that's going to be the difficult bit for us not so much sending missionaries as receiving them and seeing them as equals
1: yeah well certainly it's 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 been happening in the last few decades increasingly but um I guess you know for many churches that most of their the people who work among them will be um, you know would be UK born uh, folk.
0: Yeah, that that's true. But I, I think you know more and more churches are um, receiving folks from overseas. A good friend of mine, um, who's a pastor just south of London, has um, had a, a Korean uh, assistant minister. Now you know for the church he's the assistant minister for the Korean.
1: And his supporting church back in Korea, he's a missionary to the UK. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, now, Rob Hay um, has done some work on attrition rates yep. amongst amongst mission partners. You may be familiar with that, um, uh, and they suggest that that many don't last more than one term. And I guess this kind of news may be, a, you know, a, a little alarming to to some church leaders who are thinking, "Hang on, we're we're supporting, we're you know, sending our our person to maybe the Bible College." training them up doing cross culture work they go to the to to a different culture and then they don't last longer than uh, maybe 5 years uh, and that that seems on an economic level to be a poor investment and it seems very sad for that person who doesn't last having you know done so much to get there any any thoughts on on, on that as as a as a problem for church leaders
0: yeah i mean it's first thing is it's desperately sad um you know for the church who've got behind someone who got enthusiastic to support them and then for you know young people perhaps a couple perhaps people with um, kids who go overseas to contribute and then perhaps in their own eyes and perhaps in the eyes of the church they fail it's um it, it, it's desperately sad I think there are a few things I'd I'd want to say the first is we have to realize that mission work and be incredibly hard. Um, That, you know, we we set up people, in some ways we set up people for failure by having huge expectations of what they're going to achieve. Um, They're going to change the world. They're going to go out. They're going to do this. They're going to do the other. They're going to solve all the problems. And actually when you get to it, the grind of learning another language, of being foreign. You know, um, I kept a diary when I first went out and lived in a an isolated village in West Africa. And at one point, I boiled over in frustration. You know, I, I'm i a university graduate. I can program computers. I can do this. I can do that. And I've got a bunch of people who are um, semi-literate farmers who are considering me stupid because I can't speak the language. Mm. Now, it didn't say much for my own humility, but that sort of thing is incredibly mm. stressful. Mm. And we have to prepare people for the long haul by indicating partly it's going to be stressful. We have to be supportive through that.
1: Um, well, you, you're going to, I'm, I think you're going to go on to a second point. We're going to, we're going to come to a break, Eddie, so um, let's okay. just t- take a break then and, and hold that thought in a few, in a few seconds' time. So, uh, You're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Eddie Arthur, the former executive director of Wycliffe UK, now working with Global Connections. We're talking particularly about um, how church leaders can be focused on world mission within their local church. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Eddie Arthur, the former executive director of Wycliffe UK, now works with uh, Global Connection, doing some, uh, he's doing some research amongst other things. Um, And we're talking this week particularly about uh, church leadership and uh, and making sure that world mission is part of the kind of uh, environment of the dna of the local church and uh particularly before the break we were I, I just cut into eddie as he was launching into his answer to my question about uh, attrition oh, really? rates <laughs> yes attrition rates and the, the, the fact that for many people um well, many mission many missionaries um they don't last longer than maybe five years having done all that training and you you particularly had started eddie to say that it was you know number one it's very tough to be in a different culture, learning a different language. And then uh, I think you were going to go on to something else.
0: Well, the other thing I was going to say is I think we need to be careful about our language. Marjorie Foyle wrote a great book about um, mission uh, stress on the mission field, which she called Honorably Wounded. Um, you know, often we'll talk about people, they, they didn't hack it, they couldn't manage, they got stressed, they got burnout. If people are in a battlefield... And you know um an an actual sort of literal battle, and they get wounded, we treat them honorably um and mission work can be stressful, and it certainly is battling the forces of darkness, and we re- need to realize that missionaries will get wounded, as pastors do in this country and I think we have to be gracious and understanding that sometimes in what is a spiritual battle, people get hurt. And we have to treat them with honour as, um, as casualties in an eternal fight. Yeah. I think the other thing um, that I would say is that we do need, that being said, to be very careful about our choice of candidates. Um, you know, one of the things that Wycliffe, my, my own agency, does is we spend a lot of time interviewing and making sure that people are well supported, making sure that they've got the inner resilience uh, as well as the training to cope with the mission field. And I think um, we need to take that into account too. So there are three things there.
1: Yeah, yeah well, when I was at college, I had friends who, who applied for a mission and didn't get through. And were understandably devastated at the time, but um, it's appropriate, I guess, that missions do also turn people down because they they regard it as this would not be the place where you would thrive spiritually and and you'd be better off doing something
0: else well that's right i mean i always um when interviewing missionary candidates i never see it as if i were interviewing for a job you know it's i is this are, are you the right person for the job it's what is the next step that the lord has for you mm. in your work walk with him and mission work isn't the next step for everyone yeah. um you know, I know I'm not supposed to say this as a, a missionary, but not everybody should go overseas. Um, but, you know, what is the next step that the Lord has for you? And just because it isn't, you know, you, you might have a dream to go off to Africa or something. Just because it isn't that dream, it doesn't mean the Lord hasn't got something great for you. you know? And that is the good thing, you know, with our Christian assurance that God has um, plans for us that are the best for us.
1: Let's let's move on Eddie just to, to to talk of of the person on the mission field and you know, the mission partner the missionary whatever and and good practice in terms of of a local church's support of that person obviously you've been uh, you know you served uh, yourself in that capacity and so can relate um, you know first hand but also you know you'll have had colleagues and others and, and uh, you know perhaps some support was good some some less good what would be good practice for a local
0: church um Taking interest uh, is is top of the list, Mm. Um, you know, however that is. Um, Things I sound like an old man. Well, I am an old man. I mean, with social media, things are very different now. Facebook makes so much difference, Mm. I think. But, you know, following their Facebook feed, taking an interest, um, visiting. If you can visit your, your mission partner, that does so much good, especially if you can visit them. You know, if, if they're in an isolated situation, go all the way out there to see them. Um, pray for them. Learn the names of their kids. Um, I think another thing which is really important is to realize that, you know, if missionaries go away for four years, which is the normal sort of field term, in terms of relationships, they've been away for eight years because they have grown four years in one direction. (laughs) Yes. And you've done four years in the other direction, and you've all got experiences which you've not shared.
1: Yeah, sure. And
0: so the gap is actually bigger than the four years. Um, So, you know, bearing that in mind, taking time, um, I think one, one of the things is, especially when mission partners have got growing families, getting the right sort of um, attitude to their kids is really difficult. I did hear of um, a teenager in in the US, teenage teenage son of missionaries, who had a t-shirt printed saying, my, how I've grown. (laughs) Because every church he went to and every time he saw somebody said, my, how you've grown. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't need reminding that you've been away overseas all that time. Um, Or or one of the... you know, little things can make so much difference. One of the things that really made life better for us, um, when we went back, we'd been living in a nice situation, we went back to live in the city, and somebody gave us the Star Wars trilogy on video, which, for two teenage boys, life didn't get much better than that. <laughs> That's right. You know, it wasn't a huge thing, but boy, it wasn't appreciated.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I remember sending a, a gaming magazine to a missionary because that was what he was into and uh, sounds a bit odd but again no. um, you know that was <laughs> that was my little service at that particular yeah, time. Yeah. No, that that sort of thing really goes down
0: well.
1: Yeah. Um so we've talked a little bit about good practice um in helping church members um you know support people. Um in in terms of uh, as a church leader, do you do you advocate them kind of reflecting on the congregation and suggesting that people should think about mission, or, or does it come from themselves? You know the kind of Acts thirteen model of the Holy Spirit said, and I just wonder the extent to which leaders need to be asking God whether He's you know should be tapping them on their shoulder about uh, about people that should go somewhere.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I I think one of the weaknesses we have in the mission movement in the west is we are very very individualistic and we have a very poor ecclesiology i think it is churches who send missionaries all too often we do things backwards and we have people who believe there should be missionaries trying to get churches to support them whereas i think it should happen the other way around and i think you know however a church leadership does it they should be on the lookout not just for missionaries, but for all sorts of Christian service. You know, what should X be doing now? Well, they should be staying in their job, but you know they could take more responsibility in the youth work. Why? They've got real language skills. Perhaps we ought to think about encouraging them to get involved in a short-term mission team with a view to long-term mission. And I think leaders need to be looking out at that sort of level for, for everybody and that would include um, taking steps to send people overseas, but you know key to mission survival is being sent out and supported by the local church, and people who do it off their own bat are struggling
1: It, it means I that. also
0: think that agencies have to get in tune with this and be much more supportive of um, of churches as they send their people out um all too often uh, mission agencies think that the job of the church is to pay pray and get out of the way <laughs> whereas actually the job of the it's the agency who are there to facilitate the church not the church to facilitate the agency yeah.
1: well eddie it's been, been terrific to ch- chat with you thank you so much for your wisdom um you have a blog um and people can read you and um i one of the reasons we're speaking is i'd, I'd you know, read your blog and uh, oh, you're thought, a good that, man. thought thought that some of the material that you'd uh, you'd put there would be uh, of interest and value for for, for the leaders listening. So, um, your uh, blog address is
0: kuya.net dot net. Kuya is the language I worked in in Ivory Coast. That's k o u y a dot net. Though if you Google my name, Eddie Arthur, it comes up.
1: And I said you're working with Global Connections, particularly uh, doing some research and also other areas as well.
0: Yeah. um, Part of the time I'm doing a PhD in um, the the relationship between um, mission agencies and theology. But also I'm... Basically my job is to do the sort of thing I'm doing with you now, just help people to think about what are the implications of a changing world for global mission.
1: Fantastic. So that's um, ko uya net. If, if you're searching for a pen, uh, it's Eddie Arthur and uh, Global Connections, and uh, you'll find him on Google, I'm sure. And, yeah, uh,
0: and, and I'm more than happy to come and talk to your church, uh, bar mitzvahs and weddings as well. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Okay, Eddie. Well, there's a there's an offer. There's a wonderful offer. Okay. Well, thank you for listening uh, to the leadership file this week. Uh, do jo- join us again next uh, Sunday at three thirty. Uh, do go to the website. Uh, premier's website as i say there's uh, for a month or so you'll find archive versions of a leadership file then you can uh beyond that you can go to the itunes there's a kind of catalog there you can uh, download stuff that that may may interest you so been great to have you this uh this week thank you to Eddie very much thank you Andy. and thank you for joining us and uh do as i say tune in next sunday at three thirty.